0: All right, James, time to put your legal hat on. Give us the disclaimer. This podcast is for educational purposes only. We are not doctors, but rather we're just trying to educate the general public to be better informed in their well-being decisions. Pop quiz. What are you not? A doctor. I'm handsome. You're also not a doctor, (laughs) so you pass. Uh, If you're considering medical cannabis prescription, make sure to speak to a doctor. So, welcome to, to the next episode of, of RC Experts. Uh, today, we're very excited. We've got uh, Ashley Heap joining us today. He was a, a delegate for the Legalised Cannabis Party in the Victorian State Election in uh, 2022, and uh, we're very excited. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks for Ash. joining
1: us. Thank you very much for having
0: us. Now, uh, I suppose to to dive into things, something that uh, we were talking about before we we hit record was. Uh, a lot of people have no idea about politics and a positive outcome is often just engaging those people even a little bit to understand politics. And that's something that I'm actually really excited about for for this episode today is a big part of cannabis and the cannabis space in Australia is the politics, given law reform is, is the necessary precursor to any change in this space. So I think it's, it's going to be a really interesting conversation
2: to, um, to I'm, learn more. I'm going to be one of those people that really, uh, it's not my bread and butter. I'm, I'll, be, I'll be honest. So I'm really excited about this as well, because I have a couple of naive questions to throw your way, Ash. Uh, so yeah, very exciting episode for That's me. That's good. Represent well. the listener. Represent the people <laughs> who don't know
0: politics. <laughs> uh, so, so Ash, uh, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about, about your background?
1: Yeah, so, um, so my name's Ash Heap. Uh, I'm an electrician by trade, sole trader. Um, been involved in, in small business, local business, most of my, my life. Um, I literally left high school, was lucky enough to, to get a, an apprenticeship in the family business. Um, I actually, I did go to uni for about six months studying computer science, but it wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, and yeah, so I guess, my trade has allowed me to travel and and have a lot of experiences and opportunity that a lot of other people haven't been able to. Um, I was able to travel for many years following the snow. Um, it wasn't sort of how I first came about cannabis, um, but it, it did become part of, of my lifestyle. Um, and for many years, my use uh, through the black market, uh, through the use of different delivery methods, and um, was something that um, I guess I never really had a full understanding or no one ever really explained it to me. Um, And there was always a lot of shame and a lot of stigma, self-imposed as well as by society, That um, because of the lack of understanding. Um, When I was a a young bloke at high school, we had, I think it was like year 11 or something, and they have people come around and and give sort of talks. Um, This was the drug talk about, you know, this person had come back, uh, been on the streets, the whole the whole thing right um, at this point in time I, I wasn't drinking alcohol at all um, I was like not not touching it refused to um, then year 12 came around and I found alcohol and like many other people went on on that whole um, journey again because you're around peers so you, you're not really shown how to properly use it you're sort of left to your own devices and it's not always the best Situations to be experimenting for for some of those substances, Um, and that's just alcohol, let alone anything else that other people try at that age. Um, So for me, I guess as a self-employed person, I've I've worked up in the mines, I've worked over in Canada, I've I've worked up north in Queensland, back here in Victoria, Um, and for me to be able to go to work every day as a prescribed medical user for my uh, my neck injury that I have from snowboarding. Basically means that I, I run the gauntlet of losing my license every day just for for going to work, and I guess the the way I look at it is I don't go to work to be impaired. I actually I have a responsibility and I'm a licensed trade, so I have people's lives uh, in in my hands every day, let alone when we get behind the wheel and, and in control of a a lethal weapon. Um, so it's always. It was always something that really didn't make sense to me as to I'm looking overseas and going, well, how come they're prescribing medical over here, but it's black market here. And then I jumped into that whole the medical thing. Um, I originally went through the National Integrated Institute of Medicine, the Nim Clinic in Hawthorne was where I was first prescribed. Um, and from there, basically trying to get access to different cultivars um, because of the way that the doctors are sort of... Um, I want to say hamstrung because of the approval process. Not all of them want to be able to prescribe prescribe different products, or don't feel comfortable. Um, again, most aren't even aware that there's an endocannabinoid system uh, when they first went through medical school, um, and like this is so. I guess. Charlie, when you said before about politics, I mean, I'm not really an expert. I was, I was never engaged for years. I was off traveling the world, having a great time, and going, you know, nothing's changing. Why would I listen to anything these people have to say? Um, come around to the last couple of years, and I haven't had a choice but to be engaged because of of what's gone down. <laughs> um, I look, is is it? Timing and are we all meant to be here? And you know, I mean, look at my name, Ash Heap. It's the perfect name for a stoner. So <laughs> let's use what we've got. It. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I've heard it plenty of times. That was, you know, going through the election. That was how do you engage people? Well, you use humour. um Look for the leaf. All the other parties on the hustings. Everyone was like, "Oh, how cool is that? Oh, we want to be with your party." Yeah, of course you do, because we're not telling lies. We just want to speak the truth here. Mm. And, and that was, I guess. That was where a lot of the really good conversations came with, um, you know, again, talking before to your point about who are the, the people that are going to be getting benefit from this. It's it's the nanas and the grandmas and, and um, mums and dads. Like my mother, for instance, um, she won't mind me saying, she has IBS and other issues. Um, we managed to be able to get her prescribed through a, a regular GP. Because, again, she's on a um, pension. She can't afford... The crazy cost of of cannabis mm. currently um, when I first started for a ten grub a ten gram tub of uh, althea Hennick was three hundred and thirty dollars that's thirty three dollars a gram mm. it's crazy it's I'm, I'm looking at my bank balance going, what the hell like I have to do this go through this legal market to give myself some protection which is still no protection really um, other than no medically prescribed persons being charged and lost their license. Um, but it's, it's not even that. It's, it's having to go through that whole process. Um, what am I doing wrong? I'm not doing anything wrong. It's, uh, yeah, uh, it's, yep. it,
0: it's interesting, Ash, hearing. So, so I, I should ask to start, like when you first went through the medical route, was this like early, like 2016 or, or thereabouts?
1: Uh, 20. 2017 i think it was it was after sort of the first initial ones um because i was literally looking overseas going well, what do we do here um i went to my local gp and she basically said look i don't really know much about this i'm gonna send you off to um a psychologist to so six months of, of sort of talking i think i think from her perspective, it was just her doing her due diligence because she didn't understand mm. and i I guess I have no issue with that because for me i I was also asking for help at that point too, so it was I was genuine, so it was never any issue following that process. Um, once I then got obviously to being prescribed the henic and then finding out about um, full spectrum oils. Uh, and and that whole sort of stuff. Um, So I use CBD, cannabidiol, for the inflammation in my neck, um, Mm. much like ibuprofen that I used for many years, but the side effects with the guts and and all that sort of stuff. Um, We were trying to reduce the the negative side effects, um, but also trying to access a safer source of cannabis as opposed to the black market, middle of the, the lockdowns, you know, I was driving around, there's a 5K limit. Obviously, I've got my own business, so I've, I've got some justification for being out and about, but, you know, I'm going around to, to pick up some buds and it's like, this is, what am I doing? Like, it was so silly, right? And, um, but what else did you do? Mm. I think that's, there was a whole lot of delivery services and people were using Uber and all sorts of stuff to, to get things delivered because no one could get out. Um. I mean, I, I don't know how much of this I should say, but look, my doctor or one of my doctors once said to me, have you ever considered um, trying to grow your own plant? Um, and then in the middle of the lockdowns, we had a crack. Now it's it doesn't matter because there's no plants growing. So come along and say hi, Vic Fole. But again, <laughs> this, this this is... this is going along the lines of of understanding. Um, So we had a look at like CBG, um, Mm. a few different types of of flowers. And when I first reached out to guys overseas, I was asking what sort of things are we looking for, for for anxiety and that sort of stuff. And they're like, oh, you want to be looking towards turpins, like the the lemons. Oh, of course, that makes heaps of sense. You start going down those those paths and then you, you sort of find other doctors that, are already involved and they know more about it um i'm at a point now where i've got a couple of different flowers i've got a sativa as well as an indica and the oils it means that i can actually use them um, with far more control as to what i'm, I'm trying to achieve um, and that's probably been the the best thing that i've found instead of just being you know when i was snowboarding i, I might have 50 bongs a day of a high indica and then go jump off the big eighty footers and you know, but not be in the right space. Um, I would love to have gone back twenty years ago and and someone go, well, here's a, a vaporizer instead of a bong. Here's a sativa instead of an indica. Um, I want you just to have one puff of this every fifteen minutes as opposed to having you know three quick bongs and then going out for two hours and then coming back and. It's Again, nobody explained to me how it works and, and you're sort of chasing this feeling because it makes you feel better but not understanding that it's actually more about the balance. Um, my diet is you know crucial when I'm functioning well to make sure I've got um, a nice good brekkie in the morning, protein shake, um, magnesium. Then I have my oil and it's, it's just getting everything in the right, ticking along the right way. Um, I'm not really working at the moment. Um, sort of in a, a bit of a, a holding pattern. As such, I'm not really sure what's going to come next. Um, part of going up north is also what opportunities in the cannabis space um, might I be able to to find. Um, I, as much as I enjoy being an electrician, and it, it means that I've I've been able to buy a house, and um, I've I've been able to travel. I've had lots of good opportunities. I'm not. I'm not passionate about it, whereas I just keep finding myself being drawn back to this. Um, obviously, first, I thought it was because we you just trying to justify your use of cannabis to then all of a sudden having a, a serious neck injury that actually, no, you, you can use it and you can actually get benefit from it. Um, and then going forward, I'm really curious to know how psychocybin and, and a lot of the other natural medicines um, will be of benefit to me when showing the right way to use them mm. well
2: that kind of uh i think you answered my question i want to ask it anyway um uh i'm not trying to send you overseas but snowboarding and cannabis two things that aren't very prevalent in australia <laughs> what held you to australia to fight the fight rather than move to somewhere that's already because you're looking overseas going They've already made the change. It's Plus, a good point.
0: If you, if you want cannabis and snowboarding and you're in Canada. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, why, I've just, I've just had come people back? come
2: back from Canada and they've just gone, I'm coming back
1: for sure. So what's, yep. what's made you fight the fight here? Um, so again, me as a younger person, I, I did travel a lot by myself. Um, it was, I guess, I, over the many years of traveling by myself, I, I came to the realization it's not fun by yourself. Um, mm. I One of my last, big trips over to Colorado, um, same thing. It was, oh, wow, it's legal here. I can just go down the shop um, and try all these different flowers. And again, I was using the bong before I'd go out for a couple of hours and then I'd take joints. Um, I'd love to go back now knowing what I know. I'd I'd probably just have a vaporizer and and Mm -hmm. pot around a little bit more. Um, So yeah to to why over here i mean this is this is home um when i've i've sort of seen how people are still getting arrested here um it's it's just it doesn't make sense any of the the things here um and and like why should i why should i have to go overseas because i mean it's only been the last hundred years of human history that cannabis has ever been illegal so this is where i started looking and going well what other sort of little porky pies have we been told um i was already skeptical of some of the or, or authorities um i won't say exactly who but <laughs> probably best because of i guess because of the stuff i'd start to see i've seen in this this cannabis stuff um and i'm looking at doctors going well hang on they they're not prescribing this because of the 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 roadblocks in their way, not because it's not working for some people. Um, and like, I guess going back to episode two of your podcast, um, I think it was Yani, he touches on education and why it failed basically a hundred years ago. It was easier to have other things that worked, um, and it was too hard to get to really nut down where the cannabis could help the specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're in this place where we have a, a better understanding of the science and, and the way that it interacts with the endocannabinoid system so why wouldn't we be looking at these things that are less harmful you know we, we only have to look at the um, the data for the, the most harmful substances as a society it's it's alcohol and mm-hmm. it's legal and I don't think too many people will be surprised to say that that Australias are alcoholics um, mm-hmm. The, the data already shows it you know whether it's half the, the population has a, a huge drinking problem and the other half doesn't and that's where the numbers add up um, as, a, as a, a local sports person um, played cricket for many years you know it's you've played a good game you're best on field what do you get you get a, a can of beer um, it's it's this drinking culture and it's it's a toxic culture and we we do it to fit in but there's so many of us, myself included, that find ourselves with drinking problems in the end because it's it becomes a habit. You know, you do something for 28 days in a row and it becomes a habit.
2: Mm. Mm. One question I do have for your running in uh, – for- for the state uh, party, what was yeah. it called? see this is this is my knowledge of politics. No, I'm, try, no, I'm trying, to try, trying to say it the right way, but basically, how did you go? How did <laughs> how did you go? Did you did you enjoy the experience? Uh, did people latch on to you? What was the what was the end result
1: uh, for you? Um, so I think I personally got 3.88 um, percent of the vote. Um, so I ran in the seat of Bayswater, which is. It was ne- I was never going to win. It was always going to be Jackson Taylor of mm-hmm. Labor that was going to win. Um, and look, locally, lots of people have their opinion of him. Um, I, I don't necessarily have an issue with him. Um, politics is about working with people and having conversations and trying to come to the best solution for all of us. Um, I, my personal interactions with people were only positive. I think I had one person that sort of laughed in my face on the hustings, and I was like, really? And, like, everybody else sort of turned around and were just like, you're you're an idiot. What are you doing? Um, most people were, were fine. Um, again, going back to the engagement, a lot of people don't want to vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see them coming along, their heads are down. You just step back and give them, give them space, whereas a lot of the other parties will get in their face and, uh, you know, vote whatever it is um and that's not who i am as a person and i guess this this medication is it doesn't have to be for everybody and that's i think the other thing that people need to realize it can be that you try it it doesn't work and that's okay too and there are other medications that might be more suitable or you just haven't found the right balance um i guess for For mum, um, looking at her and the way that she asks me questions about it, it's, oh, should I up my dose a little bit? I'm not sure. And it's like, actually, you need to, obviously, you need to speak to your doctor. But at the same time, you also need to to try this. If you up your dose by an extra little bit and it's effective, speak to your doctor. Talk to me about it. Mm
2: -hmm. If it's
1: too high and you're like, oh, I'm high as a guide here, all right, we'll chew on some peppercorns or... You know know what this feeling is um and know what you've done and use that as as knowledge for your, for your toolkit and i've been um i've been really happy with how sort of it's going on for her so as i said she's got ibs um irritable bowel syndrome so one of the positive side effects is that she hasn't been having a lot of the issues that she was having with that so Again, that's, that's only a, a really massive positive for her. It means she can go out of the house and doesn't have to look for a toilet every half an hour or, or no, it's not even looking for a toilet, it's it's the knowing that there's one there available if she has to go. That's that's the most debilita- debilitating part for her and her life. She didn't enter back into the workforce for many years um, because of that very reason.
2: Mm. So
1: I guess I look at her and I look at and I think about so many other people in society that are probably going through the not the same thing, but lots of other things that, um, that maybe they could be getting benefits from. The stigma. Myself, I don't go out a lot. Again, change the way that we all think about things and provide, um, you know, maybe it's, a, it's a, a club, a social club or something like that where people can go and, and catch up, play a game of pool. It doesn't have to be about having booze. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, that's where I'd like to see it sort of go. Um, there's, there's been lots of different models, I guess, put forward. Um, I don't really care much for money. So it's, mm-hmm. it was never about making a business out of it for me, whereas maybe some other people um, have got, I don't want to say ulterior motives, but others are more business-minded into how they're going to make this work. Whereas I want to see, for instance, my the, the housemate I've got at the moment, Crohn's disease. Um he struggles to afford or will be able to struggle to afford medicine. He should be able to grow 28 plants and basically juice the leaves on a rotational thing. Um and that might be of benefit to him. I mean, obviously, going back to he's got to speak to his doctor and and go through all that process. But from what I've read about Crohn's, um, juicing of the leaves is meant to be really good. So I guess it's trying to. Where I try and fit in is if I have some information and I can be of benefit and I can and sort of link people up or or give my experience and and just have honest conversations about it, um, with no real uh, agenda. Is I guess that's where I see myself.
0: Some something that. Uh it appears to be a contradiction, but I'd love to know what your thoughts are, Ash, because because something that uh, I've noticed with uh, patients uh, who, who come to the clinic is they'll often come because they want legal access, mm. but then they'll often stay because of the doctor support. It's very rare that a patient will say, "I, I'm, I'm, I'm all like you don't know what you don't know, right?" It's rare that they 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 come and there they, they're saying, oh, "I'm misusing my cannabis, I'm smoking too much, this that," but. When working with the practitioner for an extended period, they often realise, oh wait, maybe using a vaporizer is the the more suitable way for me to have have, have cost efficient, um, you know, relief of my symptoms. But the the something that you said before about, on one hand, there's the uh, snowboarder at the top of the slope ripping thirty plus cones in a day, but on the other hand, there's the, you know, you, you, your your mother's a good example who who takes you know an, an oil to, to to help with their symptoms. How do you see if you were king of the world and, and and you were able to for a day create Australia's or Victoria's cannabis policy, let's say <laughs> in an alternate universe where you were successful and uh, and Dan taps you on the shoulder and says, "Mate, we we need you for some key votes in some <laughs> some uh, some other bill. Like, I'll give you three three cannabis policy changes. Like, just tell me what they are. We'll make it happen." How, how do you handle? The recreational use in the context of and the absence of, of of professional guidance, because obviously on the medical side it's implicit that you, you're speaking to a doctor. But the hesitancy could be if you open up cannabis in the way that alcohol has been opened up. Does that not also open it up to the misuse that alcohol, you know, has been has been exposed to? How, how do you think about that side of things on the recreational side?
1: Um, hundred percent agree with you. Um, I guess the the way I see it is we have to change the perception. Um, when you say recreational, I just say, well, it's still medical. It's the, the flower is it's still a medicinal plant. It's all about the intention of your use. Now, again, coming back to of, of an understanding, if I have um, a mate out the back that's been smoking for 40 years, um, considers himself to be recreational, and I say to him, well, what if it was medical the whole time you just weren't understanding the dosing schedule and you weren't under you weren't having a consistent um medicine you know Mm. look at pgrs look at the way that the black market operates they don't grow it out to get orange trichomes for a couch lock effect they grow it to flip it as quick as possible they grow shitty cultivars that old mates being just clone and back to back to back to back it's i mean look i know a little bit um I've been told I know enough to be dangerous, and <laughs> which is all you need. <laughs> exactly right, because at the end of the day, I don't know everything, and and this is where I come to learn is is by having conversations with people and, and picking up bits and pieces, and then as we get into the conversations, um, it either can confirm or or um, educate me further.
0: It's a it's a really interesting point about the. The quote-unquote recreational user who actually has an underlying medical cause for for their consumption, and I often think about like my experience mm-hmm. when when I had chronic pain for the better part of a decade, and at the time it was the contradiction where by day I was a, a good student, and then at night I was a you know stoner by social yes. standards, and only with the benefit of retrospect am I able to identify that I was self-medicating because when I stopped smoking, I was in pain and I was unable to, to function. So like not to, like there is the the role of cannabis on the the friday night social setting and i suppose there's a social argument that can be made that that's you know it's if if the alternative is alcohol then is that is that worse but there's also something to be said for the the medical users who are unaware of their, their medical usage and i suppose that's where uh education and 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 social uh, like changing toward the stigma is is that much more important to to help better position people who fall into that bucket to, to take better control of their, their well-being?
1: Yeah. Well, so I guess the, the schizophrenia discussion, um, which is ever evolving. Right. Mm. Uh, I think recently there's been, um, a study that's come out that, that suggested that it maybe isn't the link that they, that people first thought mm. was there. Mm. Um, I've always thought that there may be some sort of correlation between the chemicals used in say some of the, the PGR cannabis, um, that may be a contributing factor, um, what was it causation, it's in correlation or something like that. Mm. Um, but also to the point that um, there may be people that access cannabis because they already have a, a an in, not an imbalance in the endocannabinoid system, but um, there seems to be some sort of a link between those that, that use it that may actually need it. Mm. Um, now, again, this is where I go back to, well, I don't really – I'm not up to, to date with all the, the latest data. I think there's a, I was reading somewhere that there's been about um, a new study done every day for the last six months or something cannabis related um, going to like PubMed and those sorts of things. Mm. Um, so we're looking, you know, the next 10 years before any real studies start to, to come out and be proven. And then obviously that's when you start to look at um, whether medication go on the PBS because they've got to be proven for certain conditions and, um, I just look at the whole thing as just control and, a, and a, we're not helping anybody. We're just actually making it harder for people that should be getting help right now, especially after what society as a whole has just experienced the last couple of years.
2: Mm. Mm. Well, one quick thing, uh, jumping on that as well, um, yep. as I've been getting into the space and telling more and more people uh, kind of about what I'm doing and trying to educate as best as I can, even though um, I feel like you're the educator out of the two of us, Uh I I do know more than um, the the common folk now, which is what I'm understanding more and more. But when I do tell them about even the conditions that you can get prescribed for, people are piecing a couple of things together going, hang on, I do have one of those conditions and I do smoke weed and I have been doing it recreationally for a Mm. long time. Mm. Um, And they are just rethinking about the whole thing of kind of James's journey about how he started Mm. and he was smoking and then he eventually pivoted to the medical route because he, he it wasn't it recreational. Wasn't. It actually was medical. So I'm finding that a, a funny journey. Um, we had someone, uh, Andrew um, from FITOKA, who we were speaking to, who also uh, ran the candidacy of... He, he ran for a seat of something, whether it was the legalized mm-hmm. um, Cannabis Party or the Greens. I can't remember. It was which one. indeed. It was the
0: Victorian uh, Cannabis Party. It and was. He he he, he was. Uh, it was the Legislative Council. Yeah. Unlike, unlike Ash, who ran for the Legislative Assembly, is that is that right, Ash?
2: That's correct. Yep. Cool. And uh, he he said when he was talking to people, he was just having the time of his life because people hadn't. He's he's like, I I get to educate and talk freely about cannabis when it's not a common thing that you can do and that's what I'm finding now as well speaking to people speaking to friends family um, everyone knows about it and it's kind of like the unsaid and the untold um, where people aren't actually sharing freely just because it's not a common thing that you can do uh, but people like you going out there on the streets talking to people I think that's what's bringing it all together things like Andrew doing the same man James slowly turning slowly ever so slowly but uh, one by one the twenty
0: nine indications is such that an authorized prescriber can consider medical cannabis. For a, such a good point, though, because it's like if you smoke a lot of cannabis, "quote unquote" recreationally, and you look at the list, and you've got something on the list, then it's it's probably the catalyst to to think about well, why are you consuming? In in your case, uh, Ash, it, for for somebody who doesn't have experience uh, consuming cannabis, they might hear your story up on the 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 slopes and 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 think boy, that, that sounds like a lot. Like when you now, with the benefit of hindsight, look back, like wh- why, why do you think, because this is before your neck injury, right? So like what was, did it? was it just that it made you feel good? Did you have an under, underlying condition that it helped? W- um, was it the better alternative to alcohol? Like what kind of explains the the, the behaviour there?
1: So when I first started cannabis, I was living over here in, in Melbourne. Um, I had been over a couple of times snowboarding, you know, in Canada and America, um, up in Falls and stuff as well. Met a girl over there on on a camp, um, Canadian girl. She ended up coming over here for a holiday. Um, That was the first time I ever smoked cannabis out of a a Coke can. with. Uh, All good stories involve a girl. (laughs) And and like even that, right, looking back now and going, don't use a Coke can with the aluminium. You don't want to heat that up. (laughs) Um, I think you can get like porcelain um, Coke cans and stuff now for (laughs) If you, if you really want to go back that path. but <laughs> Still so, staying
2: with the Coke can,
1: yeah. Yeah, so I went from that where basically it was most likely a, not a very strong um, cannabis to getting a very, very light buzz um, to then going over to Canada was most likely um, a really heavy Indica Hydro um, and basically put myself into an addiction, an addiction really, um, where I was using far too much um, as then I sort of, I came back, I went and worked on the mines, um, still had the injury. Um, I went overseas to New Zealand on, on, I had a couple of weeks in between one of the mine shifts and there was a big storm came in over New Zealand at Mount Ruapehu, and smoked for a couple of days because there was this big storm. We couldn't get on the hill went up when it finally cleared it was a bluebird day it was fresh snow on the ground tried to do a front flip off a little ledge landed on rocks on my tailbone carted down the hill um so i haven't got um there's no uh, there's no breaks or cracks or anything in my spine but my tailbone is actually like sideways so i do get i do still get a lot of lower back pain um Again, this comes back to the, all the tools, the stretching, hydration, staying active. Um, so I just manage it through that. Um, the, the justification for using cannabis during that time, again, I look back now and go, the interaction with alcohol, that just was completely out of whack. Um, even in terms of uh, the anxiety side of it too, right? Where it was just, I was using too much for it to be of benefit, it was actually having the opposite effect. Um, fast forward to I think, I think my last year up there I spent about five, six years on and off um, Where I did the neck injury uh, Didn't think much of it I just thought, oh yeah, it's the, the impingement the, the fluid goes back in All good, came back to Melbourne, kept working um, Played Came back and played footy with a, a whole lot of cricket guys um, Was the, the captain of there and Same thing, bent down to pick up a ball Got hit across, put the neck out getting tingly pains down my arm. I'm like, oh, I'm just too old to be playing footy. Right. And still using cannabis this whole time still smoking the bong. Um, sometimes had a couple before I play again, just to, to make sure I could get through the game. Right. Um, mm. Looking at it now going, you're an idiot. You should have had an oil. Had your drop of oil and you would have been fine. Right. Mm. Not popping tar up or whatever. Um, and then, I finally, I've actually only just gotten the MRI for my neck uh, through the GP middle of last year. And so this has been about six different doctors over the last few years, um, mm. all prescribing cannabis. Um, but I guess just trying to find out who's going to be, have my best interests at heart. Um, mm. And I think, they, I think they all, they did. But for me to, to go through it myself, to be satisfied that, um, that I'm happy with the process uh, and I guess it, it keeps bringing me back to the money. So my current prescribing GP, um, he, I have to go through a specific chemist to pick it up. If I was to go to um, a, a large brand generic chemist, for instance, the the I don't want to say any brands, but there's a. <laughs> There's certain brand that I can get for about one thirty-seven dollars fifty, as opposed to about one sixty through this other chemist. And this is—I mean, I obviously understand this specific pharmacy is tailoring to the cannabis industry, um, and they have to make money too, and they've got overheads as well. I, I completely get it as a business owner, um, but as a patient, I'm going—if I can't—if I'm struggling to justify this, how can old mate that's that's barely afford to pay rent, how's he going to afford it? Um, and it goes back to the control of these certain authorities that that are just making it harder for people than what it really needs to be. Which is which is
0: probably a good segue. I think mm. if I'm um, you know the mum sitting at the kitchen table listening to this conversation, I, I, the question I'd have front of mind is, well, it's clear that there's a problem with the current regulatory framework toward cannabis, misalignment of incentives, and the classic, why is it? The case that you can walk into a store and buy there's shelves of alcohol, and that's not the case with cannabis, despite Mm. arguments that can be made around safety the safety profile. Like, what should because that's a hard question, right? Is cool. We can see there's a problem, but what's what's the solution? So, what what do you? see as the roadmap moving forward as far as is it full legalization tomorrow if you had your way yep. is there like a pathway that that we need to follow to get there in the future is that even the end destination where, where, where do you think where we should be headed ash and how do you think we should get there
1: full legalization um i want to see mums and dads out there with their kids in the garden. Um, because this is where you're going to teach the kids the respect for this as a medicine. Um, even if it is, if my, if dad wants to use it for recreation, if that's how it, the intent is, it's, it's to nurture something, to care for something. Um, I look again, going back to the the lockdown period, I look, that gardening was part of, of something that I could actually focus on and put my energy towards when everything else was falling apart. Um, knowing that I was doing something positive for myself that could potentially hear myself as well. Um, I, again, it's, there's no point trying to lock it up behind, you know, doors, 18 plus, do not enter. Like that's not going to, the kids much like cigarettes and, and alcohol currently, they'll just go behind mum, dad's back and they'll sneak it. Um, be open and honest about it. You know, kids have an endocannabinoid system too. Kids have epilepsy. Kids could benefit from cannabis. It's back to the intent and understanding of its use. Um, the, I think Thailand's very interesting model where they've just declassified uh, cannabis. Mm. Um, look, again, I'm not, I don't know the best way forward. I think there's lots of different ways to go about it. Um, I Obviously, there has to be some sort of, levels of protection, much like with food standards um, for the consumer, to protect the consumer. Um, So that's going to drive a price point because people have to make money, right? Um, Personally, I would like to see it under the $10 or around the $10. I don't want to see it any higher than that. I don't think it needs to be. Um, In terms of what people can grow at home, I would, again, I'd personally like to see 28 plants um you don't have to grow 28 plants and most people won't ever need anywhere near that um but it's about again back to the education side where you should be able to say to your neighbor oh look i've I've got this specific ailment. this is why i'm doing this oh yeah no dramas all good you know like you can't have a conversation with your neighbor about growing pot i mean unless you're your best mates and then you know what's going on um because it's a self-protection thing um my, this is my story. I've been driven to, to self-protection and solitude because of the fact that I've just had to try and protect myself um, because I didn't want to knock on the door. You know, I, I, much like you said, James, before about how during the day you were, you were studying and being a, a good person in society, like that's, there's no difference. It's the same thing. Um, so, again, yeah, back to the to intent of youth and, and education around its use. Um, but also, with that comes all the different delivery methods. You know, for someone to be able to grow their own plant and go, Oh, I can actually use the, the roots and clean them up and dry them out and grind them down and make a, a balm, like a pain balm, because that's the roots are the best thing to make pain balm out of. Um, everyone thinks it's just for the buds. Well, it's not. Even the, the males it can be used. You know, we've got this alleged housing crisis, we've got um, all this bushfire prone country why aren't we using hemp as a building product? There's, there's all these things that just don't make sense. Um, look, we can go into climate change and all that sort of stuff too. I, I think that, that hemp does play a, a role in this to, sequ- to sequester carbon. Um, hemp batteries, there's, there's all these sorts of things that I don't even know all the stuff about them yet. I only know bits and pieces that I, I learn, obviously, through the party or other um, sort of pro-cannabis media um, and I think when you were saying before, Charlie, about how your little role is growing, um, we're all apart. We're all have a, it's called planting the seed. Um, if, you know, if, if each one of us can plant a seed of, in someone's head and then they can come to their own um, way to find knowledge. It's not about me standing there and, and telling somebody, oh, this is what cannabis is. Like, that, that's what I found on the hustings. Most people who are in Bayswater have been using cannabis longer than I've been alive it's that's where people used to go to pick up cannabis allegedly back in the day. Um, so you're preaching to the choir over there. Uh, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> for me, it was, I, I don't need to tell you what cannabis is. You tell me what cannabis is to you. Yeah. And most people were like, thank you so much for just giving us a a voice, a chance mm. to say enough's enough. We want this, um, you know, look at back in 2016, I think it was where Dan said, Dan Andrews said, we'll never legalise this drug. And then he turns around and says, oh, we've got to get it legal so that the, the mums and dads don't have to go to the black market to protect their kids. And fast forward to today where we've got two elected members, um, David Edershank and Rachel Payne, um, that are on their, I think their first or second day in, they they propose the driving laws, the drive change um, bill, which, again, people like Fiona Patton and others that have been fighting for this far before I ever came along,
0: and it's the it's it's the big one that is is exciting in the space. Mm. Rather than focusing on, on on what was and what has been, to to cast our eyes forward or our attention forward toward um, the 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 future law reform that, that looks as though it, it will be the case, the uh, the Victorian Parliament um, actively debating, uh, I think a month or so ago now, what the new laws should look like regarding um, medical having a medical defense to, to driving with THC in your system, which doesn't mean driving high or intoxicated, but if you take a few drops of a full-spectrum oil in the morning and you've got MS and you're safe to drive on your medication as opposed to when you haven't taken it and you're unsafe, um, you know, having 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 a pathway for, for a patient like that to uh to, to to drive safely, and that's that's something that that is really exciting is the 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 change in driving laws. Um, Ash, do you have any uh, not concerns, but the, the big difficulty with the, the the driving laws is obviously, well, how do you police it in this? To take it to the extreme, just the stress tests. You know, like the the contrary viewpoint in the instance where we did have full legalization. How do how do we avoid a situation where people are driving high and causing rose road incidents? Now I know like the there's arguments that can be made regarding the, the data that that won't be the case when you look at you know Thailand and Canada, but like what do you have to say to, to, to somebody who might might raise that that argument against legalization?
1: Well, that's literally where I go is to the data um, because the sky hasn't fallen in, the amount of people that have died from unicorns from cannabis use hasn't increased. Um so we can again going back to the last three years, using fear as a as a way to manipulate and coerce people into doing something. Um, we have to be even more on the front foot to to speak the truth in in both the pros and the cons, because that's how we actually work this out safe uh, safely. So coming back to to mum and dad in the backyard in the in the garden with their kids. Um, this is a generational thing where we have to change people's perception. Um, I want to see people that, you know, maybe they're, they're put in a pigeonhole as a, a stone. All they do is sit at home and smoke cones all day. And then they get behind the wheel and how are we going to, to address those people, which is, I guess what you're asking. It has to be, they're the ones that have to address it, right? It has to be put back onto them to take responsibility for their actions. Now, is it that they just don't understand themselves their own interaction with their cannabis? You know, it could be that this is, this is people that are using it, not realizing it is medical. Um, Could they be using certain cultivars? Could they be using different delivery methods? If they're still accessing black market, they're still protecting themselves. They, they're not in a place to be able to even have a conversation, open honest conversation about their use. They're, they're just trying to hide it so they don't get don't get caught and don't lose their license, right? They'll go the back streets or they'll they'll drive five k's under the limit in the left lane so they don't um, bring attention to themselves. So arguably, are they already being safer drivers and, than somebody that's racing to work because they're late, speeding up the right-hand lane, just driving like a, an idiot, putting everyone in danger? Um, it's not. There's no simple answer. Literally. You could argue that maybe we all have to be retested for our license every, every year because there's a lot of people out there that uh, when they were first given their license, maybe they're not as, as competent as what they first were.
0: So I've been in the space for three years now, Ash, but you just gave me a light bulb moment that I think is pretty beautiful. Like if, if I'm understanding that the, if the question is why does there need to be change, when it comes to the the laws around cannabis. If I'm understanding the essence of, of 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 kind of this entire conversation, it's because the primary problem right now is that there's an incentive to not talk about your behavior and to hide your use when what we actually need is education and an open dialogue around cannabis use so that people can better understand how it, number one, why and how they're currently taking it. But number two, what better options or, or, or dosage methods or pathways might be there for them. So, so so, it makes a lot of sense when you think of it in that framework mm. that, yeah, well, if people are incentivized to, 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 to hide their use and what they need to do is to be talking about it,
2: then something needs to change. Mm. One thing I have as well to, to add on, we're talking about Driving, And we, we, we don't know when that's really going to come into play. And, uh, I like to ask people this question. I, I asked Johnny as well. I think, um, you're in, in the space a little bit deeper. Uh, so it's looking into your crystal ball, um, when is your everyone has completely different answers as well? Yeah, <laughs> like we've I've heard ridic- one year and ten years. And and a lot of them are biased on on what they want to see. So uh <laughs> trying to be unbiased. Uh how do you like when do you predict the timeline of um full, rec- recreational, full, full legalization. recreational legalization. Yeah.
1: Full recreational legalization. Because okay. there are
2: there are stepping stones as well. I know that mm. for sure, but that's probably the big one um, that people are looking out for, but the driving one we're hoping no one will really know. They've passed the bill. So it's up to them when the test actually comes Mm. um, and then comes into play as well. And then after that, there's Mm. a couple more steps, but yeah, full recreational legalization. Is it going to
1: happen? And when is it going to happen?
2: You're on the inside. You're the inside (laughs) man. I don't
1: know about the inside. I've been asking the same question myself. I've been told at least two years, um, the the driving bill is already current and working in Tassie. So it literally could be turned on tomorrow and, it, and off we go. Um again it's it's how it's it's going to be legislated and I think I know the Greens have put some bill forward. Um I had a quick read of that. Um yeah, again, it's it's all open to be discussed and, and put forward. Look, I think realistically it's going to take at least two years. Um, now, we, I think we've got Jeremy Buckingham in the New South Wales uh, election in as well, ex-Greens. Um, if the Queensland upcoming election, I think it's next year, if possibly we get one or two more in there as well. If... If politicians around Australia decide not to move on this, and people just keep getting elected for the legalized cannabis party, um, it's it's going to happen because it has to happen. Speaking to to all the other parties, um, myself at the election, a lot of people wanted it. Um, a lot of the Labor people wanted it. It's just the factional politics that that stops them from being able to to push these these things forward same with the greens um personally I, I have no time and no vote for the greens because if they were serious about legalization of cannabis they would have already pushed much harder on it um that's just my opinion and, and again this is why i aligned myself with the legalized cannabis party it's a single issue party and um i probably wouldn't have run if not for for on that particular issue um but yeah look i'm hopeful for two years um and I'll just keep being a, a stubborn little loudmouth about it until it happens, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> in two years' time, Ash will be on his porch.
0: <laughs> it's been two years.
2: <laughs> well, we've had people like for the listeners, I don't know, like I got goosebumps here in two years, especially coming from someone like you. But I've heard 10 years as well from people as in the oh, space. Oh, I never I've, happen heard, like I've heard like five, every- yeah. So it's, 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 it's jumping around everywhere. But two years is nice. I like that. I can work yeah. with that. <laughs> to, to, two years to re-legalize. Re-legalized,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, Ashes, as, as someone who, as 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 we were talking about before, we we, we hit go on the the, the recording. As someone who kind of fell into to politics, um, is there anything that you you wish people understood? Um, people not just necessarily being, you know, people interested in the cannabis space, but just you know, everyday Australians. What what are things about you for, that you've learned from your experience? Uh, running as a as a, as a candidate that, that that you wish people understood.
1: Um it's I guess related to the cannabis side of things it's It's the people that have the hidden illnesses that um are probably the ones that that need most support along these lines um i, I look at myself for instance, and i you know you walk down the street and we all do we make judgments of people based on appearance mm-hmm. um this is the things that i 've started to become more aware of um, as i 've sort of entered into this in the last couple of years previously it was it was more about just myself and and trying to protect myself whereas now i 'm starting to realize there's all these people out there that just they wouldn't even they wouldn't have even known where to do or what to say um, to be able to do what i've i 've been able to do and that 's not to say that you know i 've done anything that special but at the same time i have because no one else was standing up and doing it um you know i put a big legalized cannabis sign out the front of my place i'm on the main road put a big light out the front um again come and knock on the door and let's have a chat about it i'm i'm almost positive that i had undercover police did come over and um i invited her in for a cuppa and we had a good chat and um whether she was or not we don't really know but we we think that's what was going on. I haven't. I haven't had any issues with the police. Now, I personally think this is to do with the fact that that I'm not doing anything wrong. Um, I, I don't try and get behind the wheel after I've, I've consumed cannabis. Um, and maybe this is people know who I am and and sort of what I've how I've always kind of been. Um, in terms of, of what we'd like people to know is that politics is about having to make um, compromise. Again, um, I know that the the legalised party here in Victoria, Rach and David, had to make um, some decisions and have sort of put their hands up and voices up on some issues and um, maybe others that I would have liked them to to speak up a bit more on that they they haven't. But again, it's not always about what we personally want, it's about what's going to benefit the, the collective. Um, which again brings us back to telling the truth. And and if porky pies have been told, well, then people need to be held to account for that. Um, So, yeah, look, not everybody involved in politics is is out to manipulate and to game the system. Obviously, there's people in there that are career police that are self-serving. And um, again, we came across those in the election, but there are people like myself that are just everyday people that are just trying to stand up and, and find out what's really going on.
2: I like it. Yeah. I like it.
0: Everyday people trying to stand up for what's going on. That might have to be like the title of the Yeah. Or I've,
2: I've been waiting for. I've been writing down a couple. You've had a couple nuggets of gold. So <laughs> thanks so much, Ash. That's all right.
0: Now Ash, uh, I, I think we'll 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 look to wrap up, but the 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 two final uh questions is is number one, are there any resources books or, or, or if, okay, if we were
2: to send people that that has helps you educate or that you were constantly reading going back to your places
1: like that um well i think there's the ed is it ed rosenthal's the the grower's handbook um that's a really good source of of information um not even for someone that that wants to, to grow but even if you just if you want to know more about the plant um, and understand some of the more um, the technical aspects of, of the plant and as to what you're trying to achieve, um, it's actually, it's not that hard. Um, but then obviously, once you really dial it down into what you're trying to achieve, that's where the science obviously comes into it a bit more. And, and people have to understand that they are best to, to be going and speaking to someone who is professional and um and knowledgeable but that can help guide them as well it's not just go grow a plan and, and see how you go um I would, I would like to see the people go with guidance and and try and get as much information as possible from all sources and form their own opinions um uh, there was another book i'm just trying to think i haven't actually finished reading it um give me two seconds yeah you're all good So the the question was uh, around different books and things that I have um, for the education. Um, I went and grabbed uh, a book called Regulating Cannabis Towards a Unified Market, uh, Dr. Todd Sabritsky. Um, I haven't actually fully read this book yet. I've only sort of started it. It sort of starts going into some of the economics around um, cannabis legalisation. So I am sort of curious to to read and, and sort of discuss some of this maybe once I do head north. Um, mm. The other one I've got, uh, I think I spoke to you about um, the, the grower's uh, Bible, mm-hmm. the grower's handbook. Um, and then another one I've got is called Herb, which was an ink shares book. Um, it's a cooking book. So again, just little bits and pieces, different delivery methods. Um, you know the, just, Different sources of information and different ways to take your medicine. It's not, you know, like gummies and things like that was something that um that I am curious to try. Um I've never tried hash before in my life. Um there's there's so much more to to learn about this. Um and yeah, I, I'm I'm just excited for the future because as, as we kind of touched on earlier, there's a lot more people now that are starting to speak up and go, oh, hang on a second. Um, there's there's lies that have been told about this for a long time um back when when prohibition first first happened um it was i think around the 30s late 20s um very similar to to the alcohol prohibition when that sort of flipped um why i always keep coming back to to why and its control so in terms of different resources um the internet's probably your best friend. Um, obviously, you have to discern the information that you do come across on there, um, and Facebook, or well, not so much Facebook groups, but but small um, resources like Legalized Cannabis Party page, um, Hemp Edification is another one on Facebook. Um, there's has heaps of different little groups, um, and again, this is where I first sort of started reaching out, sort of got involved with the, the party through that um and it's a a huge resource of of knowledge so i would definitely encourage people to to sort of look at the party page first and then start to to branch out to their to the information that they find most um beneficial to them to what they're trying to achieve
2: Mm, amazing i think uh the sum up is don't be afraid to speak plant the seed support each other and uh, educate yourself 100%
0: and the economic, social and uh, therapeutic benefits to uh, cannabis reform.
2: Mm. Well done. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ash. Thank you very much for the time. Awesome conversation.
0: Now have 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 fun uh, on your on your drive this afternoon, and uh, look, oh, really? I look look forward to touching base in a in a month's time when you're back and you, you've you've had a, a month of memories up 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 at Mardi Gras.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's three days um, for the Mardi Gras, and then obviously um, after that, we're not really sure what the plan is. Um, this is sort of how I travelled when I was a bit younger; It was just by the, the seat of my pants. And um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting back to it a little bit. I must admit. Yeah, um, <laughs> throw, throw throw back. Who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll sell the house and um, when I come back and, and start a cannabis company for the people. Hey, cannabis, cannabis always looking. So. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, just
0: make sure if you relive the the years of your youth, maybe stay away from the snowboard. I feel like you know, your, <laughs> tail, your tailbone would <laughs> would appreciate it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's all good. Um, again, I look I look forward to be able to travel again one day and, and do some of that sort of stuff. Um, I'm taking the surfboard up, so. Try and, and do positive things and get out in nature and um and it's 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 about the whole healing. Um it's not just take the medicine, everything be fine. Um I can attest to this. I've lived this. I know it's not just a it's a not a, a one thing fixes all. Um so yeah, just wish everybody the best and don't give up.